All right. Okay. Hey, everybody. Uh, we are here with uh, a longtime friend of mine. Uh, this is Scott Rutledge. Scott is the Director of Marketing and Digital Media Services for the Community College of Beaver County. Uh, did I get it right? Or you is did. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the acronyms for community colleges in this part of the state, you have to be really clear on. Yeah. It's not BC3, it's CCBC, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, Scott, where in the heck did we, when and where did we meet? It's been a while. It has. I'm trying to think. I think it was through Holly, right? Holly McIntosh? Oh, Holly McIntosh, yeah. McIntosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was... It was taxing my memory a bit, but I think it had something to do with uh, J&D Sellers, which is my cousin. And no, 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 no. No, you are, you are very wrong. Yeah, ah. absolutely. You are absolutely wrong because we met well before uh, the winery started. Oh, okay. You're going to have to we, remind we met, me. I, we met, we had to have met through AIGA. Yes, AIGA, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's, that's going way back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, I don't know if it was, it was probably right around the time that I, at least I graduated. Um, and maybe, maybe yourself, you couldn't have been more, more than a year or two out of school at the most. I don't know. I mean, I think with, by the end of the podcast, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Back with <laughs> I, I mean, I, I had to be very young in my career. Uh, right. Very young. Probably doing stuff still for free and begging for jobs. Oh, probably. Yeah. Same. Well, same here. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> well, anyway, we go way, way back. And uh, thank you for uh, chatting with me about uh, careers in, in marketing and design. Um, I'm talking uh, your, your feedback will be really useful for students in my marketing class at Pitt that are looking to enter the job market here in a few weeks, as well as my design students at Point Park, who uh, will also be looking for design jobs. And um, I'm curious, where did, uh, where did you get your start? When did you discover that you wanted to be in design? It's, it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, I never, I did all through high school, beginning, beginning of college, I had no idea I wanted to be in design or anything dealing with marketing. Um, I went to school for like three, four years, um, just taking a bunch of history courses and, and um, just kind of messing around, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I always really kind of had a, a passion to learn Photoshop, mm -hmm. just to, to make whatever I could make out of it. I always really liked drawing. Um, but then when I first got my first version of Photoshop, um, I just fell so deep into it and started making all kinds of different invitations and posters and band posters. And uh, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe there is something more to this than, than just kind of messing around with one program. So right. I ended up going to Robert Morris. I, I transferred to Robert Morris for their, their, their design program. And I remember thinking like half the kids in the, in the room, <laughs> that I was going to school with, but like I've been doing it since high school and I just started. Right. And um, I really pushed to learn the softwares and the techniques and I found my own voice very quickly and um, I loved every minute of it. I, I took so many classes. I, 
I think I was one class away from my, my BFA when I eventually did graduate. My faculty advisor kind of advised me not to do it because it would hurt my portfolio. And I still kick myself that I didn't do it. But at the same time, I kind of understood like, I need, I need to get moving on this because I've been mm -hmm. in school for so long. And then I, uh, my, first, my first job, my first design job was for Sweetwater Center of the Arts in Swickley. And I would walk from my apartment down and I would do um, marketing coordinating and graphic design for them. I did it for about a year and I just loved every minute of it. So that was my start. Okay. What year, what year did you graduate? Oh, uh, 2013, 2013. Really? I think. Wow. Okay. Oh, let me, let me, let me no. fact check myself. Cause I just graduated with my master's degree and that's, that's the, the, uh, the date that's sticking with me right now. Uh, undergrad though, it's, hold on. I will oh. tell you. We're going to do some live action uh, detective work right now. Let's see if I'll beat uh, you to it. <laughs> Let's see. I graduated from my undergrad, which is something I should know. 2009. No. 2009. Okay. 2009, yeah. not 13. Something yeah. in 2013 that was important. See, uh, the, the timeline makes sense now. So I graduated in 07. So I was a few years ahead of you in respect. So I was also on the board of the AIGA at that time. And that's how yeah. we got connected. It was there probably through the portfolio yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I remember, I still remember my, my card when I got in, it was hot pink. Right. I was like, I'm an AIGA. <laughs> and I think at that, at that time I'd won a Franklin uh, printing excellence award. So mm. like I, was, I got to go to Philly and receive uh, an award for it. And I remember like carrying that card and being like, yeah, I'm, I'm so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so fresh faced and bright eyed when you start your career, right? Oh yeah. So, so you started your career in education basically. And uh, so you were working for Sweetwater and uh, what, ha what happened after that? Is that when you got on board at CCBC? Yeah, so I'd, um, I'd been working for Sweetwater for a little while, um, building catalogs and managing their social media and, and going through their web, web work. And um, it, was, it was good. I really enjoyed it. It started as an unpaid internship, to which uh, I think lasted about two weeks before they put me on payroll. Nice. And, and um, I had gotten word from, I can't remember who it was, but they had said that uh, CCBC was looking for a, a full-time designer. So I applied to it, and um, at the time I was wearing a lot of bow ties. So I had made like this origami bow tie that had a QR code in the center. And when I got called in, I think they were just completely blown away that one, I was using origami, and two, that I was using a QR <laughs> code. And um, looking back on it, I was like, man, that's crazy. That, that yeah. worked. Um, but I, you know, I landed the job, and I, I started working there as as their designer, and. What, what an eye-opener that was. I mean, I just um, was taking on things that I, I never thought I would take on. Mm -hmm. uh, working in education is very, very different. Actually, I never thought I would. Um, but I was only there for about two years before uh, the alma mater, Robert Morris, called me back. Um, they had a, a position that dealt sort of with social media, a lot with web. Um, and I remember Jonathan Potts talking to him and, and him offering me the job there. 
And uh, I went and worked for them for like about a year and a half, two years, to which then CCBC called me and uh, I was kind of talking to them back and forth. And they were like, we want you to come back. You know, you left a gap here and we want you to come back. So I went back as their digital manager for about two months before I was Mm -hmm. put to marketing director and uh, been doing that since. (laughs) <laughs> That's great, man. You know, yeah. it's such a wonderful thing to be in a bidding war, basically, between uh, two entities. You know, it, it speaks to your capabilities uh, as a designer and as a marketing creative, but also just as a person. You know, like, uh, I'm glad that CCBC felt the gap, you know, and the, the impact that you left. So, um, you know, Robert Morris's loss is their gain times two. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they've, they've tried uh, a little bit to, to kind of push me back into to RMU, and I, I do, I mean, I, I love the place, but at the same time, there's something to be said about working at CCBC. Um, the students there are first generation. Um, yeah. There's not a huge, massive budget. There's not all the luxury of, of a big marketing firm, but you see the impact you make every day. So mm-hmm. it, it could be as uh, simple as something happening right now with, with uh, coronavirus. Um, those students are really hit hard and um, the messaging we're putting about, about, you know, we care, here's, um, here's some stress reducing tips. And, um, you know, here's a, we just finished a, a paper doll cutout for, for um, kids, for students that have kids that they're trying to study online for the first time ever. And they have right. kids in there. So these little paper doll cutouts that you can cut out and kind of change the clothes with the different majors that we have. I mean, That's just cool. really, yeah. I mean, it's just like, you, I would never get to do that anywhere else. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. And you know, it, it's, it's a good thing when you find your tribe, you find your people and your, and your position in the marketplace. And so like, you know, my, my business partner, Kent, he's spent uh, a very long time teaching at uh, BC three. And one of the things that he found is like the community college people. These are my people. This is where I feel like I belong the most versus at, you know, uh, other institutions. I mean, he's, he's taught at YSU. He's teaching with me now at Point Park. Um, and, but like, that's kind of his sweet spot is the community college aspect. And, and I really appreciate that to the reasons that you just said, like there's everything is, it's a bit smaller scale and you ha- kind of have to innovate with what you got. Yeah. And the, the student impact is very profound. You know, first generation students, they have a lot of struggles. Um, and to help them through that process uh, and to see them succeed is extremely rewarding. It is. Um, you know, commencement is one of those times that I know at, at RMU it was not required from, from the marketing department to attend. We just didn't mm-hmm. have to. To where... Um, our, our commencement at CCBC, I'm, I'm like behind the scenes calling all the, the cues for the uh, company that's running lights and sound, um, right. making sure the live stream's hitting, watching the, the uh, students' uh, families pour in conversations and trying to respond to them. And um, It's not your traditional commencement where it's very staunch and you know, right. and a nice claps like this. They're, they're shooting confetti out, they're screaming, they're just so happy that somebody from their family is achieving this goal. And, the, and I think the, the coolest thing is, is that's not the end, you know, right. con- graduating from a community college isn't the end. This is just the beginning. And, exactly. Yeah. You know, there's so much that they can do. Um, it's just really cool. It's different. You know, I was talking with, uh, 
uh, Tim Rodman, who went to Pittsburgh Technical College. And I was talking to him about those that are on a two-year uh, academic career track. So they're, associate, they're pursuing associate degrees, basically. And I was telling him about my perception on the difference between those that get the two-year degree and those that get the four and those that get both, right? Mm -hmm. So I found that on the two-year track, they're very technically, technologically capable. They know the software, multiple applications, um, but they might be a little lighter on the concept side, right? Right. Um, and then on the four-year side, they're a bit, they're more conceptual because they've, they've also had more time to mature. But I found that on the four-year side, they're a bit lacking in the software skills, right? Mm -hmm. So when you, you go to an associate program and then you merge into a four-year program, you, that's like one step forward becoming that mythical unicorn, right? Right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so like in, in your case, like you run a small shop at a small institution, you kind of have to be that unicorn. Yeah. So yeah. how, how did you learn the additional skills you needed in order to thrive in your position? <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, so I started, um, you know, just print design, graphics, um, you know, setting things up to send to a printer, a um, little bit with, with uh, converting things for web. Um, and as stuff started progressing, I saw open doors to where um, some, some of the skill sets I didn't have yet were really lacking so mm -hmm. one of them was was just coding in general <clears throat> yeah um, i started building websites for ccbc on the side and then that opened up this whole like freelance thing that i was doing where um you know i'd get messages for for sites and i just start building things um i i literally had i had one class in html that was it i didn't know anything about it it was very intimidating to me at the beginning um to where you know, this last uh, CCBC just launched their new website, and I hired out a private developer um, to do some of the ugly back-end work that's very skilled. Uh, that no one wants to do either. No one wants to do. <laughs> but I mean, pretty much from, from start to finish in all of the, the areas, I was able to guide the college through that process. And, and if had I not been there, I mean, they would have hired somebody to do it, but it might not have been the product that they wanted. Mm -hmm. So I was able to do that. And then um, like video, video was not something that I really had much passion in up until maybe two years ago, I started with a little um, GoPro camera and I was doing some little promotional work for CCBC and in which case it kind of grew a little bit. And then we found this old Sony production camera that for whatever reason would put some weird file format when you'd export it. And it was just a huge hassle. But then um, we got some new, new gear, some new equipment, and now I'm building um, production that like would rival hiring a production agency, um, right. just based off the fact that like there was a there was a need, and I had fun with it, and um, learning it really wasn't that complicated, only because I was having fun, and right. I knew that no matter what I did, it was going to make an impact because it wasn't. Yeah. So I think. Um, <clears throat> those skill gaps, you just kind of, they're not, they're not right in front of you screaming like, Hey, you need to learn to do this because it's going to benefit your career. It's more of like a, I wish we had something like that. And at that moment, that's when you realize I need to learn how to do this because 
no one's going to come to me and say, you know, you don't look like you're busy enough. Can you learn this? You're always going to be busy. You just yeah. look for those little moments and you go, no, I'm going to learn how to do that. So when I do get into a conversation um, with somebody that does know a lot about it, I know the types of questions I need to ask. And I know how to hold that conversation and I know how to you know, move my career forward. And yeah, so necessity is pushing you to learn new skills and develop those out. And that's just how it is. And then sometimes you got to say no to other things that are on your plate. You have to prioritize. And especially when like in, you're in your first job, your entry level, like you don't necessarily have that uh, Ability. opportunity or yeah. impulse or even capabilities to do it. So um, yeah, that, that's great to hear. I know that like with skill development and, you know, building this, this better version of yourself in order to get the job or the career that you want is something that I think all of, all of the, all of we all deal with, especially as creatives. I mean, uh, I'm always thinking about like the next thing I can make or improve on just to keep leveling up mm -hmm. and it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you've got this career in higher ed, um, and really your whole career is de defined by education. Um, and you found your sweet spot. So, what kind of freelance work are you doing on the side? What what interests you? Um, so, freelance work. I, I, my wife owns her own business. Uh, she makes children's uh, plushes and, and she tries to support me. She's just phenomenal. She has a, a degree in, in fashion design from FIT. So, a lot of freelance work goes into her web stuff, but then I get um, some, some track work from uh, trying to not name them because I know I'm not allowed to uh, from uh, environmental firms uh mm. sometimes they'll send me some spec work that needs to be done that that just they can't get done in-house um and then there's some uh medical businesses across the seas that um are asking for some assistance as well um and in those industries it's, it's really interesting because they've got all the money they've got all the money they need but for whatever reason they don't have the talent in-house it's it's just something that they don't they want really bad but they just don't right. have it there and um, to get on one of those calls and just say, you know, X, Y, Z is what you need to accomplish. And I can, I can do this for you in this time frame, and then produce that in that time frame. The, the, the calls back are, well, we were using this, this agency and they, they took, you know, six months to get what you've done in, in three weeks. And it's like, well, I mean, you're dealing with a bunch of people in overhead and, you know, maybe they would do it better. Maybe they wouldn't. But at the same time, you're going to get an honest answer out of me. You're going to get an honest right. Problem. You own it. So yep. if, if you don't like it, you can take it and, and give it to somebody else and they'll have all this stuff they need. Um, it's just how I run my freelance. Um, I think it's important. You know? Yeah. And that's also a place where you can develop some of those skills in a practical uh, way uh, that would cross over into your day job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like uh, so CCBC has one of the top rated nursing facilities. Um, they have a, I'm going to butcher this. 100% NCLEX pass rate, I think. Um, look it up if, if I'm wrong. It's, it's either 92 or 100%. One of it's the high. It's high. Um, but when I work with the, the medical company on the whole, um, you know, privacy issues and things like that, I never, I never gave two thoughts about that. I thought, well, you know, um, don't tell anybody your social security number and you're pretty set. Yeah. Um, 
but some of the level of things that they have to think about and some of the some of the calls that I get on, I, I mean, uh, a really funny one is I, I get on this call um, with this medical group and I'm making dinner because we missed the call. And uh, I'm on the call, I'm, you know, mixing spaghetti. And immediately this guy goes, I got to get off the phone. And he hangs up. And about 20 minutes later, I get another call from, from my contact. And he goes, hey, I didn't want to freak you out, but you were talking to the top neurosurgeon in the country. And he, he got called into surgery um, immediately. Wow. I was like, what? Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't even know that's who I was talking to. And they're like, well, we didn't tell you on purpose because we didn't want you to freak out. Like, now you did? Like, it's just interesting. It's, it's interesting because you never yeah. know who you're going to be dealing with. You never know what their agenda is or what their needs are. Um, right. I always just kind of put it in, I'm going to be honest. And, and if I'm not the right person to do it, I'll point you to somebody that will. Mm-hmm. You know? So switching gears here, I'm curious how the coronavirus outbreak has disrupted your work and, you know, the, the learning at CCBC. How are you guys adapting to this massive, massive um, yeah. pivot? Yeah. Um, well, CCBC, um, they, we were a little late to the game of online. Um, there, there are some programs that they had online. There wasn't really full programs online. Um, so within 24 hours to 48 hours, a switch had to be flipped and we had to go. So I was making a lot of tutorial videos on how to use Microsoft Teams, how to, um, leverage Blackboard, how to, um, help people that really never go into those environments, um, start figuring out how to use those environments. And then from my job side, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm just as busy as I've always been. Mm-hmm. But the 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 day to day has shifted, so now you really have to start thinking of where are people's minds at and how are they feeling right now, and you know telling them that they should enroll in college. Yeah, you you should. It, it's gonna it's gonna make your future better, and you'll earn a family sustaining wage. But when there's so much uncertainty and and you just don't know, and you don't know what tomorrow is going to be, how do you let people know? that a community college above all is the community's college. And there are assets there that, yeah, we're not enrolling you into a program, but we have ways for you to get food. We have ways for you to um, speak to somebody if you're feeling anxious. So those are the types of things that we started really kind of reworking in our message and in our graphics Mm. and, and putting out there. So now we're getting into like maybe three weeks on this remote and trying to like weed back in um, hey, you still have to enroll and we still need to move forward as a society and as a community. Right. Um, so it's a very delicate balance that, that you have to do because people get offended. <laughs> they get offended so quickly. And, over uh, anything. But over yeah. anything. And, you know, that's, that's human nature. And mm-hmm. part, of, part of going into one of these fields is that you, you have that empathy. Right. You have that understanding. Um, you watch things and you, you have emotion. Um, people that don't have emotion when they, they watch or read things, you kind of question, hmm, how, do you, how do you know how people feel if you don't have feelings yourself? Right. Um, it, it is. I mean, it's tough. It's, um, we're moving forward and we're doing everything that we can. Um, I'm set up in my home, <laughs> which is great because I have an hour yeah. and a half. Week. But, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think, coming out of this, I'm personally going to have so much more skill 
on crisis communication, on, yes. um, yep. on balancing work life. I mean, I have two kids in the house and a uh, family that, that need attention and I'm still managing to do what I have to do and be there for people that, that are firing off questions yeah. uh, late at night because, you know, they're just as important. Absolutely. And you know, it's just, it's a very delicate balancing act and we're all trying to figure it out and acclimate and adjust. And even though in the long run, we'll all be better for this experience because we'll know the, to what extent we can stretch, you know, I think we'll have a redefinition of our limits. Um, it still does not make the adjustment any easier knowing that we'll, we'll be better and we'll, at, at the end of it. Yeah. So yeah, to your point, like I've got, I've got a family here and they need a lot of attention and care. And so that adds to the busyness because you can't really escape your job. So it's like, some people are joking, especially right now, like it'll be Saturday. Right. And people are like, all right, well, time to start the work week. Um, because yeah. like, it's just, it all blends together. We can't leave the house. Right. right. So I, I guarantee you, like, you know, usually I, I try to, to lock down my work on the weekends. So, you know, if I have to do anything, I, I do it before the family really wakes up and gets into gear. But, you know, tomorrow I'll just be like, well, can't go anywhere. Might as well practice something or work yeah. on something to offset the busyness during the actual 40 hour work week. Yeah, let me just so, let me answer a couple of those emails and then two hours later. And then two hours wow. later, yeah. And so it's just, it's very surreal. You know, I had made the comment uh, to my wife the other day of how like, I, I've been kind of ignoring the news. Could, could um, could yeah, uh, just, it, I'm just oversaturated. You and I both live on social media all day. We see it constantly. All so day. when my, my wife would say like, so hey, Archie, did you see this thing? I'm like, yep. She's like, you don't even know what I was going to say. I'm like, I already know. I saw it. <laughs> I see everything. Yeah. So I, I, I've been turning it off and I made the comments where I'm like, you know, I actually haven't seen any photos of like what the coronavirus outbreak looks like in other countries or other states. Like I couldn't describe to you what an overpacked uh, ICU looks like. I have no idea. No. It's like it hasn't. I mean, I, it just it's very strange that how it hasn't hit me right it, it um, is yeah it, it is yeah, so stories we're in these really privileged lockdown you know situations and uh so i had to take some time and actually read some articles and look at photos and be like this is a real thing it's really happening mm -hmm. um and really try <laughs> to understand the the empathy and the human centeredness of that yeah. and um yeah and it like bothered me for the rest of the day well, that's, that's being that creative side, you know, it, yeah. you internalize it and you mm -hmm. don't turn it off. I mean, right. Don't. And yeah, I mean, it is important in this profession to learn those soft skills to be able to, to manage your emotion and manage your, your busy schedules. And, and it's, it is, it is something I struggle with. Mm -hmm. I, I will continue to struggle with, but it's something that I know is extremely important is to know that like, um, just, uh, I think it was like two days ago, you know, everything was really hectic and really moving forward. And I kept thinking like, I just want to finish this one project. Like, why can't I get this done? Right. Um, uh, and then it dawned on me, it was like, I have a job, you know, like <laughs> it might not always be the, the most glamorous thing. It might not always be what exactly what I want to do, but 
I have a right. job and there are people out there that, that have just lost them, lost the jobs. Mm-hmm. There's so uncertain. I'm, I, like you said, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be positioned um, with a very caring institution that um, even when they do have to make difficult decisions, they don't make them quickly. Right. Uh, they have to keep in from the smallest staff up to the, the top of staff. They, yep. they, they really kind of keep you all in mind. So I am lucky in that sense. Um, and, and, you know, those decisions have to be informed and they need time to bake. You know, you can't just, you got to really think on things. And um, so, you know, not to cut you off, but switching gears here for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are, so we have students collectively, but between the two of us, we have students that are entering an, uh, an unstable economy. You know, they may, jobs might be a little bit hard to, to find as soon as graduation hits. What are your recommendations for soon-to-be graduates uh, in marketing and design? Um, you know, it, consider this as a challenge. Um, because you will, you will find your fit. It's going to take some time and it would have taken time even if it wasn't a a good climate to be getting a job into. Um, so with that, back to what I said about skill sets, you may have in your head that you want to be at the marketing agency. You want to be at Gatesman and Dave. You want to be Mm -hmm. at, um, uh, Bruner be open to what's out there. Uh, whenever I graduated with a design degree, I, I thought for sure I was going to be in this agency life, living the whole Mad Men thing. And this is the romantic, uh, idea. everyone thinks that everyone thinks that. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I kind of was working towards that feeling. And then it dawned on me about two years ago, maybe two or three years ago, I was sitting in my house and I was thinking, my job has provided me with so much. And if you'd asked me when I was graduating college, if that's what I would be doing, I would have never, I would have never in a million years said that this is what I'd be doing, mm. but I get so much fulfillment out of it. So when you're coming out during one of the, the hardest times and there's so much uncertainty, there's one thing you can be certain of is it's your skill set. So right. go out there and, and use your skill set because there's nobody else out there with the same voice, the same look, the same style. There are people that want you. And even if you hear, and this is one of the ones that that I reminded of, and I can't remember who said it, but even if you apply to a job and they say no, it's not no to you. It's no, not right now. Right. So, you know, there will be a yes, but just keep pushing. Absolutely. Um, That that's actually really great advice. Be dogged, be determined. You know, it's okay. if, If you get shot down, you have to fail forward. Um, and in some cases, like you find out very quickly what you don't like and what you do like. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, it, I think it's telling of both of our respective careers that like, you know, I, I spent some time in an, in agency life and I realized that it wasn't for me. Um, which is ironic because I then went on to create an agency like times three. Right. So like there was something there that appealed to it. And I think it was like the variable nature of the client base. You get to learn a little about a lot. Right. But, um, one of the things that I'm finding is that you may have more career success. If you look at the atypical spaces between the stereotypical design jobs. So it's like, here's Gaisman, here's Bruner, 
here's Mark USA, et cetera. Look in between, it's like, oh, well, you could be an in-house designer for 84 Lumber. You could be an in-house designer for or Bayer or Bombardier uh, or or you could just you could teach at a at a at a college or not teach but run marketing in a college or something like that and there are great benefits with that. Um, yeah, and like one guy I was talking to, he decided to go right into manufacturing, and mm-hmm. in fact, their marketing and design jobs are really needed in those manufacturing industries. Oh, is yes. Engineering cannot, they, they cannot think beyond. They can't communicate at all, right? Oh, yeah. No. So like there's tons of opportunities. Love engineers, but man, you get, you get them in a room. You're like, uh, do you have a pulse? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Stop speaking science and math. Yeah, Let's yeah. add some empathy and human centeredness to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. So like your students, they, they may find that uh, they get snapped up pretty quickly if they're open to jobs in those industries. Um, which is exciting. Um, and and after all this, after we go through this, this, um, difficult time, businesses more than ever are going to need somebody that's good at copy. That's somebody that's good at building websites and and, uh, because they're going to be building back from square one. I mean, you got your Apple that has billions of dollars in the bank. Sure. They're fine. But there's a lot of mid-level businesses that are going to need those skill sets and Mm -hmm. pay top dollar for them. Well, uh, the last thing I got to say is thank you for your time in talking with me. Um, we'll do this again, hopefully sometime soon. If students are interested in reaching out to you, learning more about your career and learning more about how to break into marketing design on the higher ed scene, how can they get a hold of you? How can they find you? Sure. Um, you definitely can shoot me an email at um, it's scott, S-C-O-T dot Rutledge. R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E at ccbc.edu. I'm on LinkedIn, which is um, for, you know, old folks, I guess. <laughs> not, <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. And Instagram as Mr. Do, uh, M-R-D-O-O-H. And uh, I would say Facebook, but who's really on Facebook anymore? This guy. I'm, I'm using it constantly. Yeah. I'm still on it, but it's just In fact, that's the only way I talk to you, right? <laughs> that's true. That is true. So yeah, hit me up on Facebook because I'm there talking to RJ. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's what we'll be doing at any given time. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you.